Jeff, you had a big day the other day uh, when you, you made a visit to IHOP. Tell us about IHOP. Well, I it was uh, it wasn't a special event. It was just I had to come in to do my blood. Every work time you're doctors. at IHOP, it's a special event. It Agreed. is. So I had to do my blood work at the doctor's. So I have to fast beforehand. And since they drew blood, I treat myself. And uh, it's one of the few restaurants I can go to. You know, s- sit down and social distance. And it's not too far because actually my doctor's is across from the uh, uh, from the uh, CHI Memorial. And I've been waiting for over a year to be able to order from the back of the menu. Um, so it's been, I didn't just turn 55. I turned 55 last January. But I, either either through COVID or the fact that every restaurant I go to, the senior discounts that used to be there have disappeared. But this mm. time, I have found victory at IHOP. I was able to order from the back of the menu at the 55 plus got my senior discount for the first time and thoroughly enjoyed it. So basically instead of the three pigs in a blanket, you just got the two. Yeah. And it, it's, it, it's a, and it's a Turkey pig. So, so I guess that would make you our senior correspondent. Seeing oh, yeah. as you're now able to order from the senior menu. I, I, yes. Well, I think that offers our podcast a much needed dignity and um, I'm not sure I could back it up, but, you know, I'm hoping they're not going to check their credentials unless I'm at IHOP. Well, I don't know about me and Adam, but I know that it definitely brings you a level of gravitas. And uh, congrats on the discount. I know one summer I worked at a Burger King, and uh, there is nothing scarier than the senior coffee mafia. Mm-hmm. Um, there isn't mm-hmm. a biker gang in the world that can stand up to those guys. No. They, they take it, sir, because for them, coffee literally is life. Soccer chat with two T's because we're going to chat about soccer, but we're also in Chattanooga. So it's like a play on words. And, you know, Chattanooga is a soccer city. Welcome to season 25, I guess, of... Uh, season three of Soccer Chat. It is March three hundred and sixty seventh of twenty twenty, <laughs> and uh, I am the host Alex here with producer Adam and our senior correspondent Jeff. There you go. I like it. I like it. Now everyone has fancy titles. Now we just need to monetize this podcast so we can order business cards. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, that'd be good. Good times. Good times. So let's dive right in. Um, you know, we're getting ready for the season to start the, uh, training camp for the Chattanooga Red Wolves is imminent. Uh, we don't have a date yet, but I'm, I think they're coming out with that announcement fairly soon this week. Uh, based on how Adam edits this podcast, it probably is already out by the time you're listening to this. Um, so we're excited for the upcoming season. And let's just kind of, you know, they've made their roster announcements. They've got about 19 players that are announced. I'm expecting them to have three or four more that are going to come on a trial basis that they may add to the roster uh, to to pad it out and, you know, give them what they need as far as, practice squad and stuff like that let's let's break it down kind of by position group so we don't get bogged down in every single player but uh talk about what we're excited about uh adam jeff what excites you guys about what they've done uh bringing players in and bringing players back on our back line well last year we had the shift west to bring in the california kids and this year it's a shift deep south uh, so we're going down, we're, we're pulling uh, players from Mexico and from South America. Actually, a lot of them are U.S. citizens, but happen to play in Mexico and South America. We've got a Colombian. Uh, we do have one German. And, uh, and, uh, and one I'm very excited about and looking at, I'm, I'm right now, I'm looking at a, um, at a website called transfermarket.us where you can see some of the player worth and so forth, but I'm really excited about Rafa. Uh, and he's coming, uh, he's from, uh, Brazil. 
and uh, he's he's coming in pretty highly rated. Now it doesn't show everyone's uh, market value, but he's tied for Walafi for the highest on our team, and he is he's he comes in with some a bit of experience. Uh, he's coming in, um, so he's played quite a bit in the U.S. Even though he's from Brazil, he also has played. Um, Oh, at Bryan College. Uh, so he is a lion. I think he's older than Rickett. So I don't. No, they did. They the played together for one year. Yep. They did. Um, okay. And you know, his his biggest claim to fame recently is that he was part of that um, one season wonder that is the Lansing Ignite, and was considered one, their most. I think by their fan base, at least their most um, dynamic player and playmaker. So. I'm pretty excited to have him come in for that reason. He spent last year uh, up in championship. Um, and then prior to that, he had you know, played at a number of different uh, MPSL sides, including Detroit City, uh, which is a NISA team now, but at the time was an amateur team like CFC. Um, and uh, so he brings you know a lot of different areas experience. And then you know he only spent one year at Bryan before for moving on to a, a higher level um, U.S. soccer program. But overall... Uh, he brings a lot of excitement. And that's where my excitement is in is, is, you know, I'll be the first to admit I was not happy with the loss of Greg Hurst. I thought that was a big blow for us as a team, but what they replaced yeah. him with has got me very excited about that front line. I feel like we, we filled in some pieces on the back that were needed to filled in, but we brought back three guys that were very strong already. And I really was worried about some of those offensive pieces because, you know, in all honesty, what Coach brought in the prior year didn't really produce at the level he expected it to up top. Uh, Greg Hurst was his best, most dynamic player, and he was a holdover. So to see what he brought in was really exciting because both of those guys, when you look at their highlight reels, when you look at uh, just overall uh, what other fan bases have said about watching them with their own eyes on a regular basis opposed to just highlights, you can't read that stuff and not get excited. Well... We're still going to keep um, Marky in there, and he's a, I think, a key component to uh, to our attack. And we should be getting Ami back. So I'm thinking the coach is trying to find players that will fit their style of play. And I think you're going to see a lot of speed. Another one before I let Alex uh, talk is uh, Juan uh, coming from Colombia, and. Um, He's he's brings a, a, a bit of experience uh, playing in Mexico, uh, but I think his uh, style is going to be quite interesting as well. I, I'm really excited to see the way that Rafa Mensigan is going to fit in. Um, he seems like a guy who is either going to be able to play. He's I mean, you know, kind of like Rowe in that he can play out on the wing in the attacking position of the setup, or he could even play as kind of a dual 10 alongside Ami Pineda. Mm. Uh, and he, he does bring that dynamic. He's, you know, very much of taking the ball at people, beating guys off the dribble. Um, it's going to stretch the defense and create a lot of problems. And yeah, when you add that in with Marky uh, bringing back someone like uh, Ricketts, some of the other guys that are coming in, um, from California that he signed like Jonathan Esparza and Jimmy Villalobos. Um, you know, it's, it's going to be, I think even more tuned up on the attack than it was this last year. And, and they were, they scored the third most goals in the league. So they already were a high attacking team. I think this is a team that's going to challenge for the most goals. And what I see, like Adam talked about bringing back three strong defensive players but the players that they've signed are guys that have experience. They signed, um, I'm trying to find it. Oh, Luna. Um, Jorge Luna. Is it Jorge? Yeah, Jorge. Watch me get that wrong. Okay, so Jorge Luna is a player in his mid-20s, has experience playing in multiple South American leagues. So he's not a guy who's coming from you know a college program or spent a year in NISA. He's, he's a guy that has pretty deep experience that's going to add a lot of um, – a lot of wisdom and maturity to the back line that is going to help have that back line even tighter than what we're used to. And, and I'm really excited to see, you know, we're going to concede less, I think, and we're going to score more. And, and I think that's a, 
good combination for moving ourselves higher up the table than the last two years. Let me ask you guys a question while we're talking about the back line. Do you think there's any chance, because there was a lot of defenders that have been announced, that he's looking at possibly pulling out either Ricky Ruiz or um, Jono into a different role within the team this next year? Well, I wonder, he he might change the back line of instead of the back four into having a back three and allowing Ricketts and Ruiz to play more advanced. Um, but to be honest, I think either Ricketts or Ruiz could actually play as far up as a winger. So they're very adjustable. I kind of wondered about that, especially with uh, – I know that um, Esparza also likes to play on the left. I don't know if there's an, another one uh, – I don't know where um, – Navarro kind of lands through that, but there's a possibility. I, I think there's going to be, we seem to be stronger on left-sided players than on right. We've got Ricketts right now. I don't know who's playing on the right wing. So I don't know how that's going to work out uh, with that. So we'll have to see how these players work, but I don't think it's, it. we may not necessarily see the, the same lineup. I wouldn't completely count out the idea of moving Ricky Ruiz or Jonathan Ricketts farther up. Um, when you look at their past careers prior to last season, they were guys mm-hmm. who played in those advanced roles, were more of kind of a forward winger type player. Uh, but I think mostly what he's looking at is options. You know, the season is going to be twice as long as it was last year. Uh, and, you know, we got decimated by injuries by the end of it to the point where it was just kind of like, let's make sure that we've got 14 guys who can take the field today. And, uh, and so having those options, being able to adjust and, and kind of like Jeff talked about play with five players in the back with the two wing backs or, you know, three, three central defenders, or, you know, Jonathan Ricketts is just on fire right now. So we're going to try to move him up to a wing and play these guys in, in these defensive positions, having those options, I think is going to be critical. And that's what he's looking for when he's bringing in the number of players that he has. Uh, and then, you know, if, if a guy does happen to go out with some kind of injury or a red card suspension, he knows that it's it's not going to be too hard to replace that player. And one thing that you hear a lot talked about when you talk to coaches is about the ability to have versatility in your players to be able to change your your plan as the game goes on. So if you're in a situation, your coach is very clear about this, he'd rather lose 5 nothing than sit on a one nothing loss and say, hey, I only lost by one, right? And so if he's yeah. going to be more aggressive, there may be times where he says, hey, I want to be able to have these true defenders to bring in and be able to bring my defender-minded offensive guys in or, or, or whatever he needs to do and be able to switch it around, right? So you've got Ricky and you've, you've got Jonna who are definitely have that offensive overlap mentality do you switch to three at the back so you can have them become wing backs because you need more offense and you need to take a little bit more risk in the back um, because you're down one and you want to you got to you know tie it up right like those are the things that he yeah. didn't have the ability really to do last year and you could see when he was forced to move at one point he was forced to move uh, Ricky Ruiz up to a more attacking position just because players kept going down he, he's transitioned into it smoothly. Like, it's not like you forget that attacking mindset. And so I, I was just, the more I thought about it, the more it just seemed like he's either setting up for a formation change from what we saw last year, or he's he's kind of penciling those guys into a different role because it just didn't make sense. It's not like the guys who you're bringing in were fringe or were really young. These are guys who have already proven themselves at various levels, uh, even you know, even Navarro in witness protection has, has played at a higher level than League One prior to this, right? So, yeah, it, yeah, it just seemed to me like that's a possibility. And I, we could be way wrong. And he's like, no, no, I just want depth, but we'll see. Well, and I, th- I think it's it's going to work out either way. You know, there, like like I said, with the longer season, there's going to be a time probably where he says, you know, I want to play with three at the back and move these guys into a wing position to exploit something that I saw from you know, from Omaha or from Tucson this year, or like you're talking about, okay, things didn't go the way we expected. We're down a goal and and we need to make a change at halftime to try to, um, you know, fire things up. And so that's, that's definitely, I think where you're looking. Um, And it'll be interesting to see the regular setup and, you know, if any of these guys become kind of the regular or if he's going to be much bigger on squad rotation 
as he goes through a 28-game season as opposed to a 14-game season, and uh, and we'll see what happens. Well, in the midfield, we have two known quantities that we know very well with Ami and with uh, Willafi, and everything looks like Ami is going to be back full strength. But then we have a whole bunch of new guys, but with a lot of experience and talent. So we're, we're looking at I'm, – I'm really excited to see uh, Jimmy uh, play there and uh, Josue – maybe feeding off each other. And mm-hmm. I kind of wonder is, um, are we going to see Carrera being another uh, attacking option or is he going to be more defensive or is he going to be like a Lego piece? Is going to move wherever coach needs him? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the midfield sets up. He, you know, he's wants to play with at least two of them in more of an attacking role, I think. Uh, mm-hmm. Than having you know when our our first season where we seem to really more more often have two defensive midfielders that I think kind of gummed things up and and made it difficult for us to attack. So he has a lot of those options, and I think even you know you think of a player like Wolafi to me, he just body style he looks built like a number six that's gonna mm-hmm. take the ball off of people, hold possession uh, because of his strength and uh, and. But he still can move into the attack. You know, he's a guy who scored a couple goals for us in his career. Uh, is really excited to be back as kind of the the KG veteran that's gonna gonna be kind of a leader on the team. And he's a quiet leader, um, so it'll be exciting to see him. I think um, if I remember when we talked with uh, Coach Obleda on the previous episode, he said that someone like uh, Jonathan Esparza is kind of a defensive midfielder, mm-hmm. if, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so. I think you'll see Wally more in that attacking role, sometimes playing uh, uh, alongside Ami. Um, but I even think he may be a guy who sometimes comes off the bench and is that settled presence that comes into a go- to a game when we've got a 2 nothing lead, and we're trying to make sure that we see that out. Well, you mentioned about leadership, and that's one thing I've noticed about the roster is uh, – some of the people that we've identified as being leaders on the team and one actually a captain are gone. Of course, we no longer have Beatty. We no longer have Leo in with his leadership in the back. So outside of Ami, who do you see as being leaders in their, in their different areas this year? So I I think you're, you're going to see Ricketts on the back line um, take a leadership role. I think you already see the team mm. kind of pushing him into that, you know, being the, the face of the of the team kind of role that that Beatty to a point took took prior. Um, if you just kind of look at some of the things they've done, their Instagram story where he basically talked for um, a significant amount of time about his off season training and things of that effect. Um, but just his attitude too, right? He's somebody who seems, from what I can tell from afar, um, players like him a lot. And he is engaging with them, and he's somebody who has proven himself to work incredibly hard. He's not somebody who takes for granted his talent, and I think those are the things that earn you respect in a locker room. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see him on on the defensive end. But the other side that you're gonna, I think, see see is is throughout the season, right? This team is gonna be still very much um, a work in progress. In that, while a lot of these players did play together last year, there's a lot of turnover on this roster. Um, and so it's going to be like, who steps up in practice, who steps up, you know, to get in that guy's face, who's not doing his part to really earn the respect of, of the other players. And that's where you're, I think ultimately we'll see it. Yeah. Ami and, and, and UEFA are people who I think lead in their own ways, but I think ultimately you, you'll see it through what happens on the field, um, to see who that third leader is really to, to take them to the next level. I have a feeling, um, Maybe not at the beginning of the season, but I think as it goes on, I expect Rafa uh, to or, or Rafi to be one of those leaders up front. And I I suspect that whenever he gets the ball up front, we're going to start just standing up if we're not already standing up, expecting something to happen. And um, I've, I've I've got that expectation for him. W- one position we haven't covered uh, is goalkeeper. We do have two options. The assumption is Tim Trulk is going to be the starting, but we also have a new goalkeeper from my home state of Arizona, uh, Sebastian Moramora. So uh, this is going to be the first time for us to not have Mangles in the back. It's going to be really interesting 
not seeing that amazing red mustache in goal. Mm. Uh, I think we are really well set with two very talented goalkeepers who are young and hungry and going to push each other. And it wouldn't, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see that there's a lot more rotation in goal when we've had basically Alex Mangles play every minute of uh, <laughs> Red Wolves goalkeeper uh, in its entire history. So that'll be interesting to see. I want to go back real quick. Alex's stone cold prediction machine. Boom. So Adam can do his reverb. Uh, I think Ami Pineda is going to be the one wearing the captain's armband and is, you know, this, this team's kind of built around him as the number 10, the attacking midfielder. So I think that's what we're going to see as far as leadership, uh, on the field when the season starts. Yeah, I think he's, a, he's he seems to be the one I'm expecting. He is the playmaker. Um, he's also, this is his third year, even though he didn't play much last year. Uh, but yeah, I, I would I would be surprised if someone other than Ami was wearing the uh, captain's armband. Adam, goalkeeper thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, you know, I think Trilk is going to be the guy. I, I just think... Um... I just get the impression that's what it's going to be a situation where he may get a, a rest here or there. So if we're having like a, um, you know, a Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, you may see him not work, play the Wednesday game just to get some rotation in there. But at the same time, keeper's one of those positions that you don't need a ton of rest. Um, it's not like you're running around the whole, whole, whole field and, and such. So I don't play in uh, goalkeeper for my high school was exhausting, but maybe that's just me. Yeah. I'm hoping our front line's a little better than yours uh, was. But, but yeah, it just you know, it. I think it's Trilks to lose mm-hmm. if that, and I, I wouldn't, and I don't think he's going to. Like he, I watched him in warmups. I you listened to Alex. I asked him some questions. Alex mingled some questions after the season was over in an event, and I, you know, he had already kind of said, "Hey, um, yeah, I'm moving on." He didn't really tell us where he's going, which I'm really hoping he ends up somewhere because um, really enjoyed watching him in goal, but. He spoke really well of, of Trilk. Talked about his work ethic. Talked about the, the you know working with him and, and really enjoying his time. And to, you know, kind of hinted at that we're going to be left in good hands. So I'm going to stick with that. I trust that. Yeah, he's uh, when we watch him warm up, and we've seen him. I think we I've seen him at. Um, I think he's also played on the preseason stuff last year. He's impressed every time I've seen him. I have a feeling he won't be quite as free range as Alex, which is probably going to be good because sometimes I was worried Alex was going a little too far out of the box. But uh, we're going to see how Tim uh, uh, approaches the game. But I I feel pretty confident with him. I would agree with that. Um, Are there any other general thoughts you guys have on the team? We we move on to, to our next topic. So... Looking at broader League One, um, we're going to take Greenville out because that's just the easiest answer um, that we we know they have brought back their core of team that basically wire-to-wire dominated League One last season. When you look at some of the other signings that have been made, how teams have built themselves during the offseason, who is uh, uh, the another team in League One that you're, you know, you're circling the game whenever the schedule finally comes out? Um, and uh, and you're saying I really am looking forward to seeing how we stack up against these guys. Who who's that team that kind of makes you worried? Well, I gotta say one of the first thing I know we want to say Omaha because they took two of our top players, but the inclusion of Jake Keegan going to Ford Madison is um, it's got me concerned. Uh, they've got some. He brings serious serious skills and. Uh, the Mingos aren't very popular in Chattanooga. And uh, so I'm a little concerned with Keegan. Uh, I think they're going to be taken. Uh, I think he may be taken forward to the next step. See, I'm not worried about, I'm not worried about Madison at all. And that's not just my dislike of, of, of all things um, Flamingo. It's Keegan had a significant drop off last year and there wasn't an injury. And I just don't think you're going to see him be dominant up there because he's, who's, who's passing on the ball. Like, I just don't – I'm not that impressed with their overall lineup. Um, 
and it, it, it just I, I I also don't want to say Omaha like and I think that is my my dislike of the Omaha fraud fan base and their obsession with whites. Um, but I just not that worried about it. I'm just not. I just um, I don't think they're going to have the same cupcake schedule this year that they got to play basically the weakest schedule of the top five teams and then the likelihood of that happening again is pretty slim. The team that I'm really worried about, and it's partly because you, I don't know a ton about what they brought in, but I just from where they're coming from, is North Carolina FC. Um, they're coming down from championship. Richmond did the same thing, but it's not the same situation that it was like Richmond. I feel like Richmond did it to hold on to having a team. I feel like North Carolina FC has done it from a standpoint of, we lost a lot of money because of the pandemic. We can drop down here and kind of create a niche have a have some lo- more local travel things to cut down on our cost and focus back on our players, and I, I'm really intrigued to see what they what those games are going to be like. Um, I also think they've got a unique situation in in North Carolina in that you know everyone talked about Raleigh possibly becoming an MLS spot, and obviously Charlotte got picked over top of them. Well, Charlotte MLS, uh, in the Charlotte Independence, the Nisa owned Stump Town in Charlotte. So I'm just intrigued to see if North Carolina C can take advantage of that by really doing well. So fun, fun. What's funny about the pandemic is there was a lot of different discussions about what they could have done to uh, try to limit travel and things like that for COVID safety for teams uh, with league one. Um, as they went through their big long layoff. And one of the things that people talked about was possibly smashing the two leagues together and putting them in more regionalized pods. And they didn't go with that. And I think the reason they didn't go with that is because championship front offices realized the gap between League One teams and championship teams is not very large. And they did not want people seeing those results of Greenville beating Charleston Battery and North Carolina FC and uh, Loudoun United on a regular basis and people realizing, oh, wait, this this uh, championship that we've developed that we say is you know supposed to be just as close as MLS is not really all that much better than the League One, you know, supposed minor league local that we're trying to build. Uh I'm not that worried about North Carolina FC. Now, I'm not going to say that they're going to be pushovers. Um, I think they're still going to be a team that competes. But, I mean, you guys have, have said it already. I, I really do think uh, what Omaha has added is going to make them a stronger team. Now, there's you know there's plenty of disdain that we have. Um, you know, at least Greg Hurst isn't afraid of the dark, so that's going to help their, their club. Um, he... Uh, and he's really skinny, so when he's out on the field, it'll look like the their field is bigger. Yes, exactly. Um, so there's that. Uh, Connor played on the real soccer field that's in Omaha, apparently, during his college days. Um, so that may be a little odd for him to have to then play in the baseball stadium. But, you know, he's a trooper. He'll figure it out. Uh, it's not just the, the, the Chattanooga players that they signed, though. I, I really do think that they're going to be a stronger club. Uh, than what they were last year, you know, even if you take out the fact that they did have, you know, fairly easy schedule and it's not necessarily going to be that lucky for them again. Uh, they're the one that I keep an eye on. And, uh, you know, North Texas is always good. Um, the, you know, the FC Dallas Academy seems proven to to bring talented young players up. And so that's another one I think you should keep an eye on and, and see what happens with uh, with North Texas uh, this coming year. Yeah, just kind of looking at their roster coming in, um, they have one of the strongest arrivals as far as for how much coming back, either in or coming back in. And, of course, a lot of that is FC Dallas does seem to support them better than most MLS teams do for their uh, for their B team. Uh, looks like they do have a return. Looks like uh, Pepe's back, Sorello's back. So they've got some pretty good – um, just looking at who's coming back in and who they've been uh, beefing in. They got a guy, uh, Breck Evans, uh, as a center back coming in on loan. 
So there's a lot of stuff there in FC Dallas that uh, gives a, uh, a chance to really look at it. I really don't know. I can't gauge Fort Lauderdale. Uh, it's just so much in flux. And I have a feeling we're not going to know really what their team is going to look like until we get there. Because most of the people they've added are from the Miami Academy. And um, so we're going to see how that looks and who ends up. But I think that's going to be really more of a true B team. And we're going to see. I it could, it could go either way. They had a really, really slow start, but they did improve as they went along. And we still don't know if, if we're going to get to Toronto this year. All indications I'm hearing is Toronto is going to be involved. Um, you know, they're they're a team that kind of like is was like Fort Lauderdale was last season and that they're going to be frisky and they're going to be a challenge, but they're not really at the end of the day, a team that I worry about. Right. Um, I would say the same thing with Richmond, you know, Richmond was, was a team that was pushing for playoff places. I think they're going to be competitive, but I don't think they've had, you know, any big signings that really make me think, Oh wow. Richmond's making some moves in the off season. Yeah. And their elderly leader is a year older and, you know, a foot slower, probably a little bit more bald. Slow. Yeah. So I'm, I mean, he had a great season and he really did, but he had a great first two, three quarters of the season. Yeah. But that's what I was going to say. But I, like the thing with him was though, like he was either he had a really good game or he disappeared completely. And I don't know. They, they're excited about bringing back the 30 something year old. But to me, it's it's like the Dominican Republic baseball players. He says he's thirty. He's in the young thirties. He doesn't look it. Well, one that's going to be hard to gauge or going to be very different this this year is because uh, Tucson has cut its uh, association with uh, Phoenix Rising, and so they still have some players there, but they're they're all considered loans from Phoenix Rising. So I want to see how. Uh, if, if this is going to be a rebuilding year for Tucson, or are they going to be coming out uh, out of the gate strong? I have a feeling there's going to be a, a little bit of a rebuilding for them. I have nothing to add. <laughs> any any other teams you want to discuss, or are we ready for our interview? I think we're ready to to let uh, let the fans uh, enjoy uh, this uh, interview that we have with uh, Jonathan Ricketts. I think they're going to enjoy it. <laughs> Alex and Jeff are here with Red Wolves right back, Jonathan Ricketts. Jono, thanks for taking time to join the program. Absolutely. Glad to be back on. So, uh, recurring guest, you're, uh, you're tracking down our, uh, our most, jo- our, uh, I don't know how you would say it, the guest that's been on the most, which is actually Sean McDaniel. Oh, um, so, we we'll, we'll let him know that you're coming for him. Um, okay. So... You were uh, you were on Instagram with the Red Wolves the other day, uh, t- showing us a, a day in the life of the off season. Um, it looked more like a month in the life of a soccer chat host. But uh, but what all have you been working on this off season in order to get yourself ready for twenty twenty one? One of the biggest things is uh, just my body physically. Um, this is the longest and most I've been in the gym uh, in my life, and most consistent I've been so. Um, seeing some really, really big improvements there and my strength and speed and stuff like that. So, uh, I've been working with, um, coach Kevin, um, a lot since he's been in town. So we've been lifting three, four times a week for 17, 18 weeks now. Mm. So working on bulking up, I see, um, when you were sharing your story of, of, you know, your breakfast and stuff that you didn't follow the Alex ribs and brisket (laughs) method of bulking up. But uh, but that's okay. I won't hold it against you. It's a different oh, yeah. type of bulk. It's a different type of bulk. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I know last year you and uh, Ricky were the pillars of awesome on the right back, left back, and so forth. But I also know you 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 could slide around from right back to right to kind of a. Sometimes I felt like you were a right wing back, and I know in the past you've also played right wing. So where do you think we're going to see you mostly this year? Um, you know, I haven't heard. Uh, but since I haven't heard, I'm assuming that's going to be uh, – I'm going to stay as a right back, uh, you know, okay. which is great. Okay. Very good. So if it's okay, we could uh, go ahead and, and mark it 
you and Ricky as the pillars of awesome. And uh, we'll have to get some merch for that worked up. <laughs> that sounds great. Go for it. Now, I know there's a lot of new players we've signed, and uh, I'm not sure which ones you've interacted with. Is there a new player you're really excited to uh, start to work with? Um, yeah, uh, I've heard a lot of good things about Carrera. Um, he's a very dynamic player, uh, and I've seen a bit of his uh, video and his clips and stuff, and he looks he looks really, really good, and he's going to fit our style really well, and he's going to be fun to play with. So, of course, we've got uh, Rafa Mensigan that's signed. Um, you have some experience uh, playing together at Bryan College. How excited were you when you heard the news that your former teammate was going to be joining you here in Chattanooga? Yeah, that's big time. He was definitely uh, the most exciting, uh, but I didn't say him because, you know, I played with him in the past. So, uh, yeah, I can't wait for him to be back in town. Um, he's got a lot of uh, great family and friends here as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to him being back. Very cool. So a guy that you have that you knew, obviously, from playing with before, so you were able to kind of get in touch and congratulate him, congratulate him on joining the team. How, how much contact have you been able to have with any of the other new guys that you haven't had a chance to meet? Have you been able to send them a text, say, hey, welcome to the team? Have you guys done any kind of, like, get-to-know-you Zoom call through the offseason? Uh, we've done, I don't know, four or five Zoom calls. Um throughout the offseason as, as different players sign on and, and join the group. Uh, and I've been able to reach out to just about just about everyone um, and message them and talked a little bit and uh, just to try to get us all ready, get us all on the same page. All right. So for so you could clarify something we were kind of wondering. Is it Jorge Luna? Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, I am not a native Spanish speaker, but um, I would assume it is Jorge Luna, yeah. Okay, that's what we're going to go with then. Yeah. And if we're if we're wrong, we're going to throw you under the bus and say, <laughs> Rickett said. So how excited were you to see that there's a, a new midfielder coming in whose name is Villalobos? I mean, uh, yeah. he's got to be – and his first name is Jimmy, like our coach. I mean, he was like born for this side, right? Yeah, it can't get much better than that. You were talking about merch earlier. Surely there's got to be some sort of line <laughs> in the merch having to do with Jimmy Villalobos. But oh yeah, oh yeah, I think yeah, it's it's got to work out through there. I, I know that that's that's done in the back office, and I know Rusty is probably a major factor of what's happening on uh, what's happening with merch. But just off the record, you know, just between you and me, uh, how much is Rusty really a diva behind the scenes? Oh, oh man, uh, the biggest diva you've ever seen. Gotta be, gotta be. <laughs> so he gets pretty chatty then, huh? So oh, yeah, something sure. I'm wondering, something I'm wondering, as you're laying in bed at night and you're dreaming about the first goal that you're going to score as the as a Red Wolf, um, are you seeing it more as like an overlapping run? Is it a header off of a set piece? Um, you know, when when you picture that in and see your uh, your reality, how how do you picture that happening? Um, yeah, it's either gonna be it's either gonna be a set piece header or um, like you were saying, kind of getting around the outside and then just a tight angled finish, just smashing it, smashing it hard and low. One how many rows things. deep into the uh, into the general admission of your Bryan College cheering section are you gonna go? Oh yeah, I might go four or five up there in one jump. Wow. Yeah. Well, remember the goal that uh, Jason Rummels had. <laughs> I think you could do that with your off foot. So that's something I'm totally expecting to happen. Hey, I might have to hit some from some range this year. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> if you if you score one from that deep in Omaha, you're not even going to have to leave your defensive eighteen. <laughs> It might be considered a foul ball. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so speaking of kind of keeping in touch with players, of course, we had a couple heartbreakers with uh, with mm. Connor Doyle and Greg Hurst uh, continuing their careers playing in Omaha. Have you been in touch with some of the other players that have moved to other places and, and seen how they're doing? Yeah, certainly. I've kept in touch with a lot of the guys. I actually got to see Greg a couple weeks ago, and it's good to see him again, but um, yeah, I'm definitely going to miss all of those guys that are moving around in the league and then the ones that are um, still kind of looking around to see where they're going to be next. But um, I love keeping up with, with all the guys that, that were here last year as well. 
So are you thinking that now this is your, you're a veteran. It's you're no longer the rookie. Um, do you think uh, you're going to have a chance to give some leadership to some of our you? Because we have a we have a, a young side. I know you're not old, you know, because you're not a you're not able to order from the back of the menu like like certain people can. <laughs> but uh, but we've we've got some coming straight out of college and stuff. So what kind of leadership are you going to be able to offer them? Uh, there's definitely a huge going to be a huge shift in the in the leadership standpoint, mostly because you know most of the guys that that aren't returning from last year were the older guys. They were the, the big vocal leaders and the, the guys that would really lead by example on the field. So there's going to be a big role to be filled this year, certainly, from, from me, myself, and a lot of the other returners. Do you see yourself as, as more of a vocal leader, or are you someone who tends to try to lead by example as you're out there on the field? Um, a bit of both. Uh, I, I typically wasn't, you know, the loudest guy on the field in college. You know, we had, we had one guy that was that for, for three of the years I was there. Um, but you know, typically more of the, the lead by example kind of person and player. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now you had a chance last year to check out several, several other places to play. Of course we got to initiate the CHI Memorial stadium, which was probably your favorite place to play. But what are some of the things that was your best things about other stadiums and worst things about other stadiums? Um, some of the best things? Uh, yeah. pl- playing in, in Fort Lauderdale was was awesome. Playing in that Inter-Miami Stadium, that was a really cool experience. Uh, loved being back on, on grass again, some nice grass. You know, It was a dream for the knees and the ankles, and you know, it just felt really good playing <laughs> on grass again. Um, but uh, And then... You know, one of the one of the more annoying things is uh, having lines all over all over the turf fields. You know, like uh, for Madison, for example, they had all those lines. That wasn't a whole lot of fun playing on those. Um, yeah, that was probably one of the worst. So, do you think did, uh, you, did you have any instance where you thought the ball was already out of bounds, but actually you were still in bounds while you were out there? Uh, I didn't in that game, but it has happened before. Yeah. I was wondering if Ford Madison this year, you think they're going to make their multiple lines uh, part of their third kit? <laughs> yeah, that's possible uh, considering last year's last year's kit. But yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so there's talk of the Red Wolves having a third kit as well. Um, I I know I had a chance to show you my concept of the mm, Rusty mm. the Red Wolf third kit. Are you in for the Rusty third kit? Yeah, I'm all in. I'm all in. I would love a third kit. All right. So we need you to say that often to everyone you meet, even if the conversation never was about soccer. So <laughs> just go around, yes. especially if you're around the front office, you know, talk about how everyone wants the rusty third kit. Okay. That, right. That'd be good. That'd be My good. name is yeah, Jonathan I Ricketts. I play for Chattanooga Red Wolves, and I want a Red, Red Wolves, uh, rusty the Red Wolf third kit. That's... That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's what we need. I'll, I'll let the front office know. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. What Ricketts want, Ricketts gets. That's so. it, man. You're it. <laughs> so as we've read um, a lot of the announcements about new players being signed and players coming back, one of the themes that I see uh, is a lot of people talking about the mindset and trying to bring a championship to Chattanooga. So – what are the conversations that you're having with Coach Obleda and as a team as you're just kind of getting things started um, about what you guys need to do in order to uh, to bring home that trophy for Chattanooga? You know, the the coaching staff and everyone's done a great job of bringing in guys who who are, you know, born winners. Um, you know, they, do, they don't take losing as an option and uh, they take the game very seriously and um, – you know, that's that's all of our goals uh, this year. And so, you know, we're all going to be on the same page from day one uh, in in that common goal. I know last year we had a big shift in our approach, of course, with the new coach. Uh, we went away from trying to keep possession and holding back to an attacking side and then really good on the counter. Um so what kind of shifts are, are we going to continue in that direction or what other things do you, you, you see that we're going to be adding in this year? 
yeah, we're definitely going to be um, a very attacking side. Uh, and then a lot of the pieces we're bringing in, you know, like Rafa as well. Um, he can really get, get up and down the flank um, and really punish really punish the, the fullbacks. And then, you know, other guys like Dak, Jackson Dietrich and um, other wingers that are really dangerous are, are going to cause a lot of teams problems. And they're going to be really fun to watch. So when you when you face other teams, other USL teams, uh, which side are you dreading to face again, and which side are you really looking forward to facing again? You can take that either way you want. Hmm. That's a that's a tough question. Uh, well, I am the senior correspondent. So. Yeah. Um, you know, you always you always <laughs> can't wait to see the teams that that got you last time. So you know, we're we're going to be ready for Greenville. Can't wait to play them. Um, you know, Richmond's always always a fun one. Can't wait to play that game. Uh, and then mm, I don't think there's anyone that you know that I'm nervous about playing or anything like that. We're just we're ready for anyone, really. I love the confidence. Let's let's take a, a trip in the uh, the old time machine and go back to last year uh, as the uh, the game against Richmond. We uh, we. St- have the game get tied. Markey scores that goal in stoppage time that basically puts them out of, uh, out of the playoffs. <laughs> I'm trying to remember you, were you on the field for that, for that game? Yep. Yep. I was. What, what was that celebration like as a team when Markey tucked that ball in the goal? Uh, it was incredible. I mean, the, the whole bench cleared and ran to the corner. Uh, and there's some pretty, pretty funny uh photos and videos of the richmond fans behind us uh right after that moment so yeah it was a great time great way to finish off the year so all right which red wolves player do you think has the funnest celebration goal celebration oh man uh i don't know if i can name a single player that has the best celebration but that that goal that marky scored um you know, it's just a great team, a collective celebration there in the corner. So, uh, yeah, that was probably my favorite. All right. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for taking time this evening. We uh, we appreciate it, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you again later on in the year. Of course, guys. Thanks for having me on again. And, yeah, I can't wait to see you guys soon at CHI Memorial. Woohoo! Not that you guys need any more reason to keep me in a producing role as opposed to part of the on-air talent, but that interview right there is proof as to why we as a podcast have decided to more focus on our host, Alex Fordney, and our senior correspondent, Jeff, Wolfman Jeff, as our choices to be the most common voices you hear on this podcast throughout season three. Uh, it's not that I don't enjoy hearing my own voice because I think anyone who's ever known me for longer than 30 seconds knows I love hearing my own voice. But it's the interview skills that these two gentlemen show is the reason why I'm comfortable taking a more producing role and focusing on you know getting the editing and getting the other areas out so that you guys can really enjoy this product in a timely manner as opposed to Uh, just listening to me ramble on and on and on. But without further ado, here's the second half of our show. Hope you enjoy. Let's talk Europe. Uh, Do we have to? I I believe some wonderful things happened today that we're recording. Oh, did you guys overcome your Olympiacos phobia? (laughs) So, uh... We still tried to do what we've done best, which is to um, howler our way to either a tie or a loss during the game. Um, but yeah, we ended up winning 3-1 in the first leg of our Europa League on the road, so that's good. Well, congrats. It's the only chance we have for Champions League, that's for sure. So, so I wanted to get some thoughts on Liverpool's EPL Championship hangover. Right now, sitting in 7th. And uh, in struggling, they you know I think their most recent game was a loss at home to Fulham. So, what do you guys think is accounting for uh, Liverpool being kind of draggy? Well, there's a few factors in there. I think, like most sides, the COVID is taking its toll 
Now, now the rest of us, yeah, maybe we have to work from home or we have to make some adjustments, but we're dealing with a, with a club with a lot of international players. I know like uh, for, for my team wolves, they've not been home in a year and uh, like, uh, or, or actually not since the summer. And like Neves, Ruben Neves just had a child who's not even been able to see that child yet. And so I suspect it's similar where this, it just wears and tears at your soul. So I think that could be part of it is COVID fatigue. And they had some injury issues, but it's more than injury. It's, it's got to be mental. Uh, see, I think it's more of they had a bad streak and then they reached the point where it became unrealistic to win the league. And it's really hard to re-motivate a group that dominated and won the league like they did last year to continue that high level when the chances of it of actually accomplishing more than just a placement in the top four. It's just a, it's just a hard thing to get motivated for. And I think that's part of it, too, is. You know, they had a drag that brought them down. Man City went on a run, and they haven't got out of that funk since. And I think it's—I men- think you're right. I think there is a mental part, but I think part of the mental is, you know, getting past the point of recognizing you're no longer fighting for a title, but you're still fighting for that top four, and that's a tough mental mental change. And so I think that's part of it as well. Well, I mean, as it stands now, they may not be in Europe. I mean, not just—I don't mean just Champions League. They may not be in Europa League. Hmm, something Adam's familiar with. Yeah. No, disagree. We're winning Europa League. We're going to championship. We won three one today. <laughs> I think it confused something I'm used to this year. So thank you for that, Adam, Alex. So. Okay. Well, that's great discussion. I don't really have anything to add. I think you guys are on it. Um, so you're talking about Man City on their run right now. They are. Um, I can't remember the math, and I'm afraid to pull up the table because I don't want it to screw up our recording software. I have it up. Um, I have it up. They're at, they're, at, they're at 68 points. They are 14 points ahead of Man United, who is the next one up. Right. And uh, So there's a, there's a con- considerable gap between them and everyone else. Man United has a game in hand, but even still, if they win that game in hand, that's, that's an 11-point gap. And there's something like ten games remaining, correct? Yes, and well, actually, and you look at uh, at goal difference. Man United is plus twenty three. In other words, they've scored twenty three more goals than they gave out. Man City is plus forty, plus forty. So not only are not they much. winning games, they're winning them and embarrassing everyone along the way. They're making a lot of enemies. So basically, the question is: looking at that gap. You're talking about a point per game. Do you guys think Man United can turn this into a title race, or is this thing over? No. No, it's over. No, it's over. It's over. The real race is from three to, like, 12. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because when I look, okay, my Wolves are sitting at 35 points, about three points under Arsenal. But we, you know, if you look at three, it's 53, 50. I think really more of that fourth spot uh, is is the one that people are gunning for. Chelsea's at it now at 50, but you've got West Ham and Everton, uh, Tottenham. Tottenham's been in a drag down. West Ham, I am really surprised. Uh, Everton has been fairly solid. I think Liverpool's going to drop down. I don't think Villa's going to keep their steam. You've got Arsenal there. You've got Wolves and maybe Leeds. Leeds is so back and forth uh, where if um, – so it could be that fourth spot – I think could go to anybody. I, I assume it's going to be Man City, Man United, and Leicester in the top three. But the but the fourth one, who knows? But I mean, Leicester hasn't been great of late. That's the thing, right? But but they had but they padded their numbers earlier on. Uh, I'm thinking they're going to be able to hold it. Uh, but it, you know what? It it could be West Ham, which would be shocking uh, for them to take that fourth spot. But they've had an amazing year. That has been pretty impressive. I I feel very confident in the way Thomas Tuchel has turned things around. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a given, but but I feel very confident in Chelsea remaining at least in that fourth spot, if not even maybe finding a way to climb into third. Mm. Um, and uh, and I think they're gonna they're gonna be pretty solid lock to be in Champions League. Um, 
happy with the way that they grinded out a one nothing win in I guess it was in uh in Prague or something like that, but it was the away leg for Madrid. Um and uh so they've got that second leg coming and uh I feel good. So I'm confused. Are you actually watching Chelsea games? Because Pulisic's not playing. So yeah, see that's the thing, is that you you mistook my Chelsea fandom as American bandwagonism, which it never was to begin with. Um, so yes, I have been watching those games and I would agree that Christian Pulisic this season has not really earned the minutes based on when he's on the field. It's, it's not the same as the end of last year when he would go out on the field and, and grab a game by the short and curlies and, and make it his own. He, uh, he's, he's not had the same, uh, same success this year. And, uh, so we'll just have to see what happens, but, uh, very excited to uh to buy a bunch of Bayern Munich gear just to troll you later this summer. <laughs> uh, but uh and and you know at least in that in that case I can have games reliably on one app that I already pay for instead of having to get an extra app. Uh, well, so much complaining for something he gets for free by just borrowing my login. <laughs> <laughs> borrowing. Well, I mean you mentioned uh, Bayern Munich and there's some uh Chelsea players that recently have come over from the Bundesliga who were the expectations were very high and both so far have been underwhelming. But with this new German coach, do you think we're going to see more and we're going to see better results from uh, Timo Werner and uh, Kai Havertz? Um, Well, they've both shown some flashes, had better games recently. Um, so I, I think it's a possibility, but I, I really, I really don't know. <laughs> so that wasn't really just trying to find a backdoor way to talk about Chelsea, but uh, our our final topic going back to the Bundesliga. Um, so Erling Erling Holland with Borussia Dortmund has scored, I think, twenty nine goals in the twenty eight games that he has played with Dortmund. Um, I'm not as in on all the transfer rumor type stuff as, as I think maybe you guys are. Um, is there talk of him making a big move over the summer? Do you guys see foresee a particular team that might overpay to bring him in? And is it even possible to overpay for a guy in his, is he even 20 yet? Yeah, who 20. has a 20 year old who scores pretty much a goal a game. You know where he, you know where he was born, right? He was born in Leeds, uh, oh. even though he is a, a Norwegian national. His dad was 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 coaching for uh, Leeds United at the time. I do think the price tag is going to be very high, and is it possible to overpay? It's you know what I would have thought the same thing about Timo Werner last year. That there's no way you could overpay for that guy because the quality is so high. So it really has to do with. If they, if they, if we're going to think if he's overpaid, is what they're going to get out of him. Um, yeah, there's a point where I'm not going to. Uh, my side doesn't overpay for players, which we should be buying. We should be spending more. I think that Chelsea has kind of this last summer they finally got to spend again. I don't think they're going to spend as much this year as they did in the previous year. Man City is always willing and able to 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 buy their way to the top. And so they've got the ability and they've got a good program. People want to go to, I see man city is optional man. United will certainly be willing to overpay. Um, so they'll try to outbid anyone else. Um, man United seems to be standing outside of Jaden Sancho's house with the boom box, like uh, John Cusack though. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I bet you're going to try to go for both. <laughs> the- I think both those Manchester teams could easily overpay um, and not even blink at it. Um, I could tell you one team that definitely won't will be mine. Arsenal will not be in on it. They lost $47 million in the last fiscal year. They just bought out a ridiculous amount of contracts that weren't even included in that fiscal year information. So, And if we miss out on Europe, there's definitely zero chance. But it's still going to be a tight budget. We're still owned by Kroenke, so we're not going to be involved. Um I think it's going to be one of the Manchester teams or it's going to be Chelsea. Like those are the only three I could see getting involved from, um, 
from England, but you know, let's not just assume he's only going to go to England, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, right. he could no. end up easily at a at a, a team in Spain or or at PSG. I wouldn't be surprised by either of those. Uh, you guys are exciting me. Chelsea is basically a, a, a you know a striker that scores goals away from I think being a team that could compete for an English title. Um, but I also think it's possible that you know one of the teams in Milan could try to make a move and um, try to get themselves in a better position to compete with Juventus or just like you're talking about Spain. You know, Real Madrid loves buying players like that and and putting them in their club. So, yeah, yeah I, I think would... it's uh, an interesting discussion. I think uh, Juventus is a strong possibility. Hearing more and more that there's uh, things are not working out with Ronaldo up front. Uh, yeah, he's still a class player, but not producing as they thought he would. It's, he's getting older, and uh, I think that uh, Haaland would be would would be an amazing fit at Juventus. All right. Well. That pretty much covers the European topics I wanted to cover, and that leaves us with the Biggles Wade Report. So, the other day, wife comes home from uh, from checking the, the mailbox, the old P.O. box in, in our hometown, and she's got a surprise for me. It's a big old box that is very well duct taped and when i get it open it is our biggles wade match ball that is the one that was the winner over alv church back in uh december yes that's fantastic i saw pictures but i've not beheld the ball in person adam have you seen it in person yet no uh, alex makes a point of not being around me unless required by fact that we both want to be at a soccer game at the same time so. um i mean it's not just you it's pretty much everyone <laughs> in humanity so so no there hasn't been a, a soccer watch party or a game yet so no i haven't gotten a chance to see it but i'm looking forward to it. so the thing is my my son was out playing uh pickup soccer uh at a vacant lot nearby the house and uh they they apparently kicked a ball over the fence and so he, he needed to get a new one so that the friends could continue playing. And he came in and he picked up the ball and he took it. And not long after they were playing, the, the ball got kicked over the fence. And uh, the, the leader of my son's uh, friends made a run and jumped over the fence to try to get it back. And it turns out the whole thing was guarded by this really big bull mastiff that then chased them through the neighborhood. Um, or You're killing I his just, balls. I just stole the uh, the plot to Sandlot. You be the judge. <laughs> uh, unfortunately for our friends in Biggleswade, the uh, the season for 2021, 2020, 2021 was uh, was canceled. There, they're not going to be able to finish that season, and things are not looking great as far as them trying to to be able to like have friendlies or. Uh, play some kind of mini tournament, something that can just at least get some of these players' time on the field. So, uh, Bigglesway friends, we're really sorry about the news. Uh, we hope things, you know, pick up and, and look forward to seeing you guys pick up your season in August uh, as you uh, head forward to the next year. Do you fellows have anything else to add? I think I think we covered everything you can cover until we get a preseason schedule and maybe get some chances to actually see the the guys in action. I think we covered as much as you can. So all of that's coming. Hopefully, League One will release a schedule, um, unless they're kind of like the old youth program that I used to be in charge of, where we'd send out the the schedule for the season on the Friday before the first Saturday's <laughs> games. <laughs> Yeah, I, I hope we, we uh, at least get the preseason schedule soon. A lot of other sides have, and uh, yeah. I'd like to see ours soon, especially if uh, looking, you know, I, I'm hearing we uh, we might be uh, playing uh, Nashville and uh, Birmingham, so uh, we'll have to find out. Yeah, and I, I think we've got kind of a later start than I know a couple other clubs, and I think part of that is just a function of this kind of sliding season start that they don't need to start quite as early. Um, 
but we'll see. Hopefully that stuff comes out. Minor League Baseball has released that schedule, so at least we we have an idea of when Omaha's open dates are. So maybe the schedule should be coming out soon, hopefully. <laughs> um, but uh, we'll just have to have to keep it going. Uh, thank you so much for listening, everyone. We hope you have a wonderful week, and uh, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Previously on Soccer Chat. Previously on Soccer Chat. I just think we got a bunch of outtakes. Yes. That's basically <laughs> what I was going for. Yeah. Oh, and let you know, I won't be doing that interview with you guys. Fine. I yeah, It's one of those things where it's like, wow. like I'm sitting right now at my daughter's school waiting for her to show up from her mountain biking, which just says to me, it's getting later and later for me to be getting dinner. <laughs> <laughs> chances of me making it are slimmer and slimmer. Yeah. She was supposed to be here at 5:30, it's 6:10. You don't want to you don't want to interview when you're hangry. It's uh, it's not yeah. good. It's not good. Hi. <laughs> I've I've got it set to do not start. Sometimes you have to do you know stuff to actually get ready like download the app, but you know, if, we've only been doing this for a year, so it's not like you should expect me to know to do that. It's kind of amazing that it doesn't happen more often considering you and I, have, I have, I have, I have very low expectations all around, so I think we're good. <laughs> and and based off our viewership, there's a lot of people, I guess listenership. There's a lot of people with low expectations because I can't explain the amount of people that listen to the podcast. Thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> we got a Colombian. Uh, we do have one German. And uh, and it's Colombian with an O, by the way, just so everyone else understands. Because because <laughs> someone may or may not have misspelled it on Twitter because they're a dumbass. <laughs> wow, uh... you've completely thrown <laughs> Jeff, which is perfect. <laughs> Great hosting wow. duties. Wow. Way to create more producing for me. Okay, I was signed in on my web browser on my phone and on the app on my phone and that caused this thing to have a panic attack and it wouldn't let me record. Well, but we're on now. We, we needed the presence of Adam to make this all happen. Yeah. And there he goes. <laughs> John, are you still on? I'm still here, yeah. Okay, Okay, that's that's the important part. (laughs) (laughs) All right.